Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Why, yes, indeed, it is time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into this Monday edition of the show. Pat Oni alongside me, Andrew Coppins. You can follow me on social media. I'm at The Coppins Show. He is at The Pat Oni Show. You know the drill by now. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not subscribed, rated, or reviewed, please do all three of them. Take a little bit of time out of your day. Otherwise, you can always watch the program every single Monday through Friday over on our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Again, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, if I could uh, speak this morning. Yes. Um, and we are nearing the 100 subscriber mark over there. Um, now, obviously, we have much, much loftier goals than just 100 subscribers, uh, but we're just two away. So if you are a podcast listener, especially on today's show, uh, because we're going to talk about Mike Lee and uh, the Senate race out there in Pat's great state of Utah. We're going to talk about uh, the insanity that's going on there. And um, we're going to have a, a few visual aids, if you will. So you're going to want to watch it on the Rumble page. Go ahead and subscribe there so you don't miss a single episode of the show. All of that out of the way. It was a great college football Saturday for us, Pat, for the most part, correct? Well, I mean, you had pretty a pretty solid win um uh with your first game under Jim Leonard as head coach. Yeah, the very first game of the Jim Leonard era uh turns into a ass whooping like we have not seen in Evanston in a long time. Um now, I will say this. Northwestern is probably at its lowest point as a program um under Pat Fitzgerald. I think we can all agree to that. So uh, I, I take the be, the overall result, that. right? Mm. And I kind of throw the result out the window. Like, okay, great. We we put a beating on that's what we should have done, right? 
Right. But Wisconsin has lost six of last seven in Evanston. Wisconsin in, in Evanston is a bugaboo. It is a brutal, brutal slate usually for them. Brutal, brutal place to play. Now, the reason why I say you take the results, throw it out the window, and still be happy is because what you saw was a team that played with confidence, a team that eliminated mistakes for the majority of the game, a team that could run the ball down your throat for a change, a team that was multiple, and it looked like a team that was having fun, right? And while, yes, Northwestern isn't good, you take those building blocks and do something going forward, that's good news. This was a great positive step forward for the program. I was extremely happy to see it. And most importantly, I was extremely happy to see the run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down. Oh, crap, it's third and seven. Um, uh Uh-oh, offense out the window. I mean, at one point, Pat, we saw five wide receivers on the field in a Wisconsin football game, and it wasn't the opposition. Five wide receivers out there. Chimray DK finally had that breakout moment that we knew he was capable of. You know, 10 catches, 100 and was it 197 yards or 187 yards, one of the two, and three touchdowns. Graham Mertz passes for nearly 300 yards, just efficient on offense all the way around. Um, it was fun. And, and then your Buckeyes were, well, your Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I watched, I couldn't get the game on until like after the first possession or two of the game. It was already over. And I, I turned it on. Yeah, hit right. I turned it on and uh, CJ Stroud just threw a pick six. Watched that happen. But then he came out and threw for five more touchdowns after that. So, because he'd already thrown for one. By the way, first pick in the NFL draft this year, CJ Stroud. Uh, yeah, and I'm really unless really, it's Will Anderson from Alabama. Depending on who gets it, really. Here, here's the thing: I don't want to see CJ Stroud go to Houston. Yeah, I, but I, I mean, much- yeah, I, I have I have my druthers as to whether or not they even need to draft a quarterback at this point, but. That's neither here nor there. I think they have some major roster building to do, period. And I don't know if drafting a um, a quarterback is the right answer right now. Because I think they have an okay quarterback. Um, I just don't Houston. think they... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway. I'd much much rather see him go to somewhere like Detroit. Um, yeah, because Jared but... Goff is not the long-term answer there. No. 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 And D- Detroit with the exception of yesterday, looks like they have a pretty good offense. They, yeah, they also they got need some players on defense. Holy smokes. Yeah. And I made the mistake of playing golf in one of my fantasy football leagues, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but speaking of the NFL and, and football in general, I wanted to talk about a subject that we had kind of briefly talked about here because one of the biggest things and one of the biggest stories in the NFL is Cooper Rush, quarterback from Central Michigan, graduated a few years ago, two years ago maybe one. I forget. No, no, no that's not. This isn't his rookie year, so right. He's, he's only been in the league for a couple of years. Yeah, and 
he has been on fire, quote unquote, and he has basically led this team to its perfect start. Uh, he's five and zero as a starter. They're what four and one now. Uh, yeah, and by by team, he also means the Dallas Cowboys. Just in case, you know, yeah, for those that don't. Mm -hmm. Cooper Rush has led the Dallas Cowboys, which means, oh boy, America's team is back, right? And we get to hear all about that from the national media forever. And right, I cannot stand that. Um, But you you posited a important question to me, Pat. And what was that question? Well, I I played like a semi truth or fiction with you, and just like truth or fiction. Uh, Cooper Rush should be the starting quarterback going forward for the Dallas Cowboys over Dak Prescott. Fiction. That's what I said to that. And like, it took me less than 30 seconds to respond to you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And here's why. If you've watched Dallas win the four games that they've won, I will give them credit for this. They have figured out how to game plan in a way that puts Cooper Rush in positions to be successful. Right. Now, this past weekend, this game on Sunday, how did they beat the Rams in L.A.? Ezekiel Elliott runs for 75 yards. Troy Pollard breaks off a 58-yard touchdown run. The defense goes absolutely bonkers on the Rams. Cooper Rush threw for 106 yards, folks. 106 on 16 pass attempts, he went 10 of 16 for 106. He had literally squad douche, zip zero zilch to do with them winning. Nothing to do with it. And furthermore, Pat, this is maybe my biggest pet peeve in sports, is the quarterback is somehow measured by wins and losses. As if they're the only determining factor as to whether or not a team, and I said team, wins or loses a game. Was it, for instance, was it Aaron Rodgers' fault that um, Romeo Dobbs couldn't uh, hang on to a football in week one in in, in the opening series? If he hangs on to that football, he on the very first play of the game, right over the top, Touchdown Green Bay Packers at 7-0. Is that Aaron Rodgers' fault? No. No. It was Romeo Dobbs' fault. Yet Aaron Rodgers is the one that's credited with the loss in the media, right? Oh, Aaron Rodgers has right. XYZ oh. wins and XYZ losses. And we, oh, he, he's passed for this many touchdowns and blah, blah, blah. And I understand the stats part of it, right? Because it's like, okay, so defensive ends and outside linebackers, uh, your edge rushers. How many uh, how many sacks do you have? Okay, great. That can be a measuring stick, right? But do we ever talk about how many time um, how many wins um, a player like uh, Aaron Donald has? Right, Aaron Donald has five hundred win. No. no, this is a team game. Wins and losses don't happen individually. There are individual things that can happen that can lead to a win or a loss. But I will give you a hint. What happened in play one for the Green Bay Packers against Minnesota in week one, right? What happened in that play? While it was a ominous start, wasn't the reason they lost the football game. 
I, they, they would have lost regardless because they didn't play well as a team. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't uh, stop a, you know, a third down pass to save their lives in that game. And Kirk Cousins played out of his freaking mind. But but Kirk Cousins is the only person who gets the win in that game, right? Nobody talks about uh, the defensive backs who played so well that uh, Aaron Rodgers looked like he wasn't with it. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I, I don't understand right. why are we, why wins and losses for quarterback. Who cares? It's not about their their ability to win or lose. Dallas is winning these games in spite of Cooper Rush. Is he has he contributed? Yes, he came in and played really well in relief of Dak Prescott in the the first game when Dak got hurt. Right? He actually right. he's a solid backup. That's it. He actually led them to. The game turned, right? Cooper Rush came in and played well. But here's the deal. How many times, Pat, have you seen it happen to your Ravens? And I've seen it happen probably a dozen, if not two dozen times, where the backup quarterback comes in and plays well in the game in which he's the emergency starter now, right? Right. Last year. Right. And it happens all the time. Why? Because defenses are not prepared for that individual. No. Or should they be? No, I mean, it, the, they they tend to overlook those parts of the scouting report <clears throat> because they don't expect to play them. Yeah, and it, it, they they know the basics, right? Right. Of what that player looks like and what he can and can't do, right? But at the end of the day, I just come up to this: what 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 the hell does it matter about a win and loss? Right? Oh, the Cowboys are five and zero with Cooper Rush as a starting quarterback. Okay. In those five games, how many of them has he single-handedly won? The answer is zero. A case in point, their win this weekend against the Rams. It looks impressive, but he literally had nothing to do with it. It was the defense and, and two big explosive plays in the run game. Which, which here's the thing. Like, like I, I've always said this about um, football in and of itself. You can have a great quarterback like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers starting under center. Mm-hmm. You don't have a good old line. It doesn't matter how good that quarterback is. Folks, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. <clears throat> Trent Dilfer won Dude, a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. We could go on and on over the number of quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls who have not been great, right? The measure of greatness is team. This is the ultimate team sport. Because, again, to your point, right, that offensive Mm. line, if one person misses a block, and that could be the difference between, let's say that guard pulls and he misses the block to get the seam, right? That could be the difference between the running back being able to to take it to the house, right, or getting stopped for a two-yard gain. That two-yard gain means nothing, but most fans have no clue whether or not somebody missed a block or if it was just a great play on defense or or whatever have you. That's that's the team element of this game. Nobody succeeds on their own except for we measure successive quarterbacks individually as if they are the only arbiters of wins and losses in the league. It drives me crazy. And, and to your point, I mean, if you look at all the New England Patriots Super Bowls with Tom Brady right. or even <clears throat> Tampa Bay's most recent one or you look at uh san francisco back in the day with uh with steve young and, and jerry rice 
you know, what, what do they all have in common? They all put great teams together. It, it had nothing really to do with just Steve Young or Jerry Rice or just Randy Moss and Tom Brady. Yeah, They had other weapons on that team, whether it be on the offensive line, on defense, um, so some other like a solid running back, things like that, that, that put them together to allow them to make those kinds of runs. It had nothing to do with, with one individual player. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, it's insane. It's absolutely insane to think about this. You know, you go back to look at the Cleveland Browns, right? They've been sad, sad, sad as a franchise. You would think at some point in time, I don't know, Tim Couch, Ty Detmer, Doug Peterson, Spurgeon Wynn, uh, Kelly Holcomb, Tim Couch, um, Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Ken Dorsey, Bruce Gregkowski, Colt McCoy, Jake Delhomme, Seneca Wallace, Brandon Whedon, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Josh McCown, Austin Davis, Cody Kessler, Robert Griffin III, Deshaun Kaiser, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, Case Keenum, Nick Mullins, Jacoby Brissett. They've done what? Nothing. They've all been mediocre. Nothing. At best, Baker Mayfield's probably the best of that bunch, and he's absolutely sucking awful it up this year, this year he's in awful. Carolina. And I, I do wonder, though, I do wonder if that if that's Baker Mayfield or if that's just the scheme fit in, in Carolina. Yeah, who knows? But regardless of that, my point in listing all of those quarterbacks off is at some point in time, one of them should have been good enough, right? Right. Yeah. We only measure them by wins and losses because I'm on the Wikipedia page of Cleveland Browns starting quarterback since 2000 or since 1999, excuse me, when they came back into it, the league. It's brutal, it, yeah. And the second part of the list, quarterback wins. Wins and losses. Can they be instrumental? Yes. Can they be det- detrimental? Yes, but so can a running back that can't hold on to the football. So can a wide receiver who can't catch. So can an offensive lineman who can't pass block or run block well, right? So can an outside linebacker that can't figure out how to get pressure. There's a number. So can a cornerback who continuously holds or, you know, can't keep up with with fast wide receivers, but they're put in a position to have to do that. Every position has things that can be instrumental or detrimental to winning football games. This is a team sport at its heart. It, it, so, I mean, could, could you make that argument with why the New York Giants beat the Packers yesterday? Or did the, the, the Giants just sneak one in? I, I mean, they, they played really well against uh, Aaron Rodgers in that Packer offense in the second half. Uh, they really did. In fact, I would even argue they did well in the first half. Um, yeah, they dug themselves a hole. But that hole could have and should have been larger. Uh, Green Bay missed some opportunities to keep points on the board. And um, so they only have themselves to blame. But also, um, New York played well. They really did in that second half. Um, you look at that that last series, right? Green Bay has an opportunity, has a great opportunity um, deep in, in um, Giants territory. And... The Giants come up with two huge tips of, of passes um, on third and two and fourth and two, right? 
and there's the end of the game. That's a that are those two people credited with the win? Because technically, I could I could argue those are the guys who won you the football game, right? Are are is the corner and the the uh, outside linebacker who made those tip passes happen? Are they are they the ones who won that game, or is it Daniel Jones? It's uh, I'll give you a hint. It's all of them combined. Unreal. I, it just bothers me that that we care about quarterback wins. Yeah, we don't. I you couldn't tell me how many wins Reggie White had in his career, could you? No. Arguably the most dominant defensive player of all time, right? I would right. put him, Deacon Jones, Aaron Donald, and maybe J.J. Watt um, in the Mount Rushmore of defensive uh, disruptors. Uh, Lawrence Taylor. Um. See, Lawrence Taylor was good for one thing. He was a very good pass rusher. That was it. See, the other guys were dominant in the run game in other areas. Lawrence Taylor did not like to tackle, by the way. If you if you watch back some of his film, he he likes to hit. He didn't like to tackle. Um, Yeah, he was very good in the pass rush. He was a pass rush specialist. That's who he was. Reggie White was run and pass. Same with Deacon Jones. Same with Aaron Donald. Same with J.J. Watt. Um, yeah, I would put those guys on my Mount Rushmore of of uh, defensive linemen. But by the way, this is this is why Ohio State is so good this year too, is because they have all of these different weapons, or whether it be on the offensive line, C.J. Stroud, the, the plethora of of wide receivers. You have Travion Henderson. I mean, yeah, you got what it, three running backs that arguably could have NFL talent. Yes. I mean, we we played our our freshman running back a lot this weekend because our second string Mayan Williams was out, but mm-hmm. even he did very well. Yeah, and that so, was against Michigan State, right? So at Michigan State, yeah, yeah, which Wisconsin plays uh, this this weekend, so that'll be interesting. I think that's a gonna be a a telltale sign as to which team has some capability of of stringing some wins together here late in the season, but. That's notwithstanding. Uh, my overall point in this is stop measuring quarterbacks by wins and losses. Start measuring them by how how they interact with the overall team. Are they a positive or a negative for the team? Because Cooper Rush is a positive. There's something different about this team when he's in the game versus Dak Prescott. Now, I argue that Dak Prescott, his skill set, gives you the best opportunity to win if you just look at the two quarterbacks. But somehow this team plays different when those two quarterbacks are in or out of the game. Hmm. So that's your argument there for me. It's not about his his win-loss record or or how many, you know, what the team is doing. Um in that department it is has he had that positive impact on chemistry on the overall ability of the team to click and i argue he has i think you've seen better of ezekiel elliott i think you've seen better of, of troy pollard and some of these other or tony pollard um, whichever one it is um you, you've seen some positive influence there it's strange but sometimes that chemistry is what matters most so we'll see going forward i think you have to put Prescott back in when he's ready 
um, just to see what happens. Um, but then you need to evaluate that in the offseason. You really do. Um, I think they have a conundrum there in Dallas. It'll be interesting. Yeah. All that notwithstanding, because we just spent 20 minutes talking about the NFL and quarterback wins, Pat. I, I'm very impressed by our ability to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that notwithstanding, I think it is time for us to talk a little bit uh, of the, well, business and political world. Uh, because th- arguably there's no story bigger. Yes, there's stories bigger than Cooper Rush's 5-0 and start to his career as quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, believe it or not. Um, well, there's two really big stories, actually, in the, in the business and political world. Number one is um, we continue to see not just Joseph Marionette Biden, but also other people in the White House and in the administration continue to talk of nuclear war, Pat. We had it happen this weekend when they when people that are in the administration are going on the Sunday, you know, uh, Sunday interview circuit, if you will. Right. Generally speaking, inside baseball, folks, generally speaking, these people have a unified message that they're going to deliver right um, on specific topics. Right. And clearly the American people have no appetite for nuclear war talk. Um, that's just not something people are uh, interested in hearing about, um, mainly because what the hell, how the hell did we get here, right? That I think that's the American public's kind of response to this. But after Joe Biden in a private-ish meeting, right, I think it was with the Democratic Senate majority, whatever, it was like some Democratic fundraiser thing this week, this past week. After he decided to drop the bomb, so to speak, if you will, pun intended, um, there. that uh, <laughs> that uh, nuclear war is on the brink, and we haven't been this this close to nuclear war since 1962. You would think that after the American people have a response to that, and and people going, "What the hell, dude? What the hell?" Um, you would think. Sending officials out to the Sunday's show circuit would, I don't know, have a unified message of tamping down the talk of nuclear war. No, 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 no. The State Department uh, spokesperson. No. Uh, yeah, we're still talking nuclear war. We're not walking that comment back. In fact, we're doubling down. Remember how we said uh, back in uh, 2020 of uh, how bad this administration's foreign policy would be and yep. whatever you know they're saying to do, we should be doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, how this foreign policy will probably get us into trouble at some point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk ourselves into nuclear war. Are we not? Yeah. And then what? what? So far. Is half the world? Hang on a second, Pat. I got a question for you. Oh, okay. If you wanted to go down the conspiracy theory route mm-hmm. of depopulation, and I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory because 
the World Economic Forum keeps hosting these uh, individuals of academia and um, bureaucratic life talking about depopulation and how we're we're uh, overpopulated in the world. Question for you. It, uh-huh. If you wanted to, I don't know, depopulate the world, what easier way to depopulate the world would there be than to, I don't know, spark nuclear war? Dropping a few nukes, um, I don't know, in some population centers in Russia and America. You could. Um, <laughs> I, I'm that, trying to think of ways way that you it. would uh, quickly, more quickly be able to do that. And more importantly, uh, make sure that they couldn't quickly rebuild. Okay, so let me let me ask this question, because if if. I, I agree. I think I think the the World Economic Forum is crazy enough that they would go along with this. I, I do. However, are they willing to themselves suffer via their pocketbooks by a world's nuclear war? Don't you think that these people would actually profit from that? They could, and. But- and- I don't like the conspiracy theory crowd all that much, but I think you have to consider that we have already known this war to be nothing but a battle of national economic control versus international economic control. And by the way, folks, the United States of America is on the side of international economic control. Okay? That's where we are. Mm -hmm. Russia... It's proxy in China and Iran, ironically, are all about national economic control. And who is winning that battle, you might ask? It's Russia. How do I know that? Pat, the ruble, while down right now, is at its overall peak. It has never been more worth it has never been worth more, is what I should be saying here. Its economic gain in Russia has never been higher. Oh, and then, by the way, Pat, just in case we wanted to get one more step closer to the nuclear war, what did we see this weekend in Crimea, Pat? Um, what did we see this weekend in, in Crimea? Oh, you didn't see it. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I sort of unplugged a little this weekend. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, they uh blew up a bridge. Oh, and by they, I mean a suicide bomber blew up one of the, if not the bridge. The the main bridge, um, it, connecting the causeway, right? So it's a causeway connecting the two parts of Crimea, right? Blew it right up, just like they've blown up the Nord Stream one and Nord Stream two pipelines. Wait, if people you do not Russia understand. Uh, we don't know who did it. Hmm? Yeah, you think Russia did it? We have no idea. 
Mm. Honest to God, at this point, I wouldn't put it past us. I wouldn't put it past Ukraine. I wouldn't put it past our CIA. I wouldn't put it past the KG, uh, KGB, whatever the hell it's called now, FSB or whatever it is. I wouldn't put it past uh, Putin. I wouldn't put it past anybody on the table to do this. Because who does this hurt? It hurts Russia, right? Right. Which is why I don't think it's them. Could it be? Sure. But I don't think it is. You have to remember who we're up against, though. We're up against the guy who is attempting to be able to do what? Frame this as attacks against him from the West to do what? So would I put it past him to sabotage these things? Hell no. No, no. I I, I could see where he would, but I I don't know. So again, we don't know enough about what actually took place here, but uh, there's video out there, Pat, of the actual explosion that took place. Holy smokes. Um, it's insane what happened on that bridge. Absolutely insane. Um, yeah, I just, we're living through some pretty dangerous times, folks. Economically, spiritually, war, uh, fair. Um, it's just, get right with God, please. Um Root yourself in God. Know who you are. Speak openly to your family about that. Have those deep, needed conversations. Be honest with your kids. Um, I, I, I cannot recommend that enough. Uh, because it's not about scaring them. It's not about you know this, that, or the other thing. It's about having them be in a position to find success because this is chaos right now and they're likely feeling it and if you can bring less chaos to their life instead of more and how do you do that it's honesty it is also being a um a rock if you will at home right showing that you are a safe space that you are not in a state of chaos yourself so how do you do that you show them love and honesty you show them strength through God. You become examples. That's how you do it. Now, that all notwithstanding, Pat, um, I just, speaking of the chaos, maybe let's do this. Let's play the beer, not the bee, and then go into the other chaotic story from this weekend um, in the business okay. and uh, political world. You ready? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for today's headline? Um, I'm as ready as I will be today. Oh, okay. Today's headline. We are close to nuclear Armageddon, warns president who keeps fighting proxy war with nuclear armed country. We are close to nuclear Armageddon, warns president who keeps fighting proxy war with nuclear armed country. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. All right, folks, while Andrew's thinking about that, if you haven't yet, you need to go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. They've got some great flavors over there. I know it's different than what we've been working with in the past, but they keep the politics out of the coffee. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Don't forget, they've got tea. They've got hot cocoa. They've got all uh, sorts of wonderful goodness for you. They've got the K-Cups. They've got everything that you can think of. Uh, however you like your coffee. Um, but, yeah, go check them out there. 
um, coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code Critical Thinking. You'll get five percent off of your purchase. I'm going to I'm going to invest in some of the uh, hot chocolate. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. um, they have some interesting flavors. They have got like a like a marshmallow one. Um, I think they've got a caramel one. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I'm a big yeah. I'm a big proponent of hot chocolate in the winter. Um, Me too. Yeah. So I'll be investing yeah. in some of those things too. Yep. All right. We are close to nuclear Armageddon. Warren's president who keeps fighting proxy war with nuclear armed country. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew, your answer. Well, I wish this was the Babylon B, but it is not. This is not the B clearly because we just talked about it for like five, ten minutes here. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 what this is going to be. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. But um, it, damn you, Babylon B, if this is the Babylon B, because this is true. Well, then damn you, Babylon B, because this is the Babylon B. OK, we need to have a discussion about this, because seriously, again, is this not really what's going on? Again, we've talked about this before. It, it's not that that satire, not that reality is too close to satire. It's that satire is too close to reality. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world has never been closer to the brink of total nuclear annihilation, according to President Joe Joe Biden's comments at a press conference in between strategy sessions in, to continue waging his proxy war with nuclear armed Russia. This is a dangerous time, folks, Biden said to the assembled media. No other leader has brought our nation and the world closer to nuclear destruction than I have in my short time as president. Uh, Reporters were puzzled as to why Biden seemed to be landing this as an achieved, though they all agreed these were some of the most coherent comments he's made as of late. The statement foreboding was odd in that the Biden administration continues to funnel billions of dollars in aid and military weaponry to arm the Ukrainians in their ongoing war with Russia. Former President Donald Trump was quick to take Biden to task and a statement released on his True Social account. We experienced the biggest time of peace and economic prosperity during my wonderful presidency. The greatest presidency of all time, maybe even all of history. So much big, beautiful peace. Now Biden has completely thrown it all away and we're going to get everybody nuked. Sad. At publishing time. Biden uh, continued to sound the alarm about escalating tensions with Russia. Now is the time for swift, decisive leadership. Now is the time to put an end to an end to to, you know, waffle maker. Biden said during the whisk away to secure secure his basement shelter beneath the White House. Uh, there, there actually is a, a very true statement in this. Um, name me somebody that's brought us closer to nuclear war than this president. In our lifetime, nobody. Yeah, I, I mean, because I, the other, the I other, think he was right though to talk about it from '62. Right, I, I'm not saying that he's not right. right. Okay, right. But there's, there's a way to prepare the American public without scaring the living shit out of them. Right. Right. Like there's honesty and then there's brutal honesty. Americans need honesty. They don't need brutal honesty when it comes to this right now. 
because right. if you're right. trying to prepare us and get us to understand where we are on the the global scale of things, there's hey, by the way, Russia is serious. And then there's nuclear war, everybody under the desk. By the way, I never right. understood that as the uh I, I never as the that. uh way to protect yourself in a nuclear attack. Get under the desk. What the hell is that going to do? Did did you ever see the most recent Indiana Jones movie? No. Uh, So in the very beginning of the movie, he's like in the middle of this like nuclear testing site. They're about to set off a nuclear bomb as a test. And so then he goes and he gets in like one of those like big refrigerators that that they had back in the 50s. You'd be safer in that than hiding under a desk. Just uh, and by the way, uh, that bridge attack, Pat. Yeah, Putin has used that as a launching point for an absolute barrage of missiles going from Russia into Ukraine right now. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as of this morning, uh, Russia unleashed a devastating barrage of missile strikes on Monday morning throughout Ukraine, striking all major cities, including Kiev in apparent revenge for the attack on a key bridge connecting Crimea to the Russian mainland. 83 missiles had rained down on Ukrainian cities, including several that struck the capital, where at least eight people were killed and President Vladimir Zelensky's Zelensky's office was reportedly hit. The fierce and coordinated blitz appeared to be retaliation for Saturday's bombing of the strategic Kerch Bridge. Ukraine News reported five missiles struck the center of Kiev and another strike... Uh, took out what is described as a thermal power plant in Lviv. There is no power in Lviv, and internet is not working. Internet traffic in Ukraine has dropped by 75%, according to Ukraine News. The site has also claimed the European Union was evacuating personnel from the country. So, yeah, you know, we just keep stepping closer and closer and closer, because if this continues, what what is the American... Obviously, the American people's pop... Uh, Appetite for actual on-the-ground troop war is nil, like zero zilch. There is no appetite for it, other than the uh, the weak-kneed powers that be in the GOP, you know, the Lindsey Grahams of the world who haven't met a war they didn't like. That's just terrible, man. Terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. Oh, and... um. Speaking of terror, horrible, Pat, uh-huh. um, we should probably go here because I can't. We talk about chaos. We talk about um, what the left is trying to do to those who speak and think differently than them. And, right. and I always tell this because I live in a city full of leftists, right? Not just full of Democrats, but full of leftists. And I always tell these people. Be careful what you wish for because they're going to come for you eventually. Well, what do you mean? Okay, so what is speech that is hateful today wasn't hateful two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, right? What is considered racist, right? What, what, where do they go down this path, right? Because it's all consuming control. That's what you're trying to, to get here. But we have an, an example of this from the business world. This weekend, PayPal 
um, arguably one of the, if not the biggest um, online um, payment processors. Because it also owns Venmo, by the way. PayPal owns mm. Venmo. Um, so whether you use PayPal or Venmo, you're giving PayPal your money. But they decided to update their user agreement um, as of November 3rd, right? They wanted to tell us that um, they are going to reserve the right to take up to $2,500 from your account should you violate uh, their policy on misinformation. And, and exactly what is their policy on, mm. on uh, misinformation? Glad you asked. <clears throat> from the um, updated agreement, effective November 3rd, the new conditions will be added to the restricted activities section of the PayPal user agreement. Changes include prohibitions on the sending, posting, or publication of any messages, content, or materials that promote misinformation. They don't define misinformation necessarily, But that's right. So not only do you, if you send stuff, right, and you need to do it right away via PayPal, pay 3.5% uh, fee to them to do so. Mm -hmm. um, they want to take 25, the fine is $2,500. Why, might you say? What, pray tell, reason would they take up to $2,500? Well, legal fees. They're, they're going to claim and claimed in this statement that it was because they would have to defend themselves based off of your use of misinformation. So for instance, us, Pat talking about uh, the COVID-19 therapeutic being a therapeutic and not a vaccine for roughly 18 to 20 months now for the vast majority of that time, total misinformation, according to the powers that be right. Yeah. So if we were engaged in a business in which PayPal was our um, payment provider, we could have been fined up to $2,500, just automatically removed from our account. No, no ifs, ands, or buts, no, no process. They're just going to do it because it's their right. Technically, they can do it, by the way, Pat. Technically, they're allowed to. Legally, this is something they are allowed to do. People That's a problem. went nuts over this story this weekend. So much so that um, by Sunday night, <clears throat> while the prior policy already forbade hate, intolerance, and discrimination, the new one now also, also explicitly applies to spe uh, specific protected groups and individuals. Um, oh, Okay. Individuals or groups based on protected characteristics, including race, religion, gender, gender identity, and sexual orientation. But this was all just a silly mistake, Pat. It was all are, are, a silly mistake. PayPal didn't mean it. Are, are, so, so they're walking it back is what you're saying. Ah. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh... Even David Marcus and Elon Musk went nuts on this, okay? David Marcus, it's hard for me to openly criticize a company I used to love and gave so much to, but at PayPal's new um, 
AUP, so agreed user policy, um, goes against everything that I believe in. A private company now gets to decide to take your money if you say something that they disagree with in sanity. But don't worry. It was all a mistake. In the words of Biggie, it was all a dream. They, they will try this again at some point. And well, I feel like what they'll do is they won't they won't make a big bold announcement next time. They will just put it in the fine print somewhere. That, well, that's what they did here. Mm-hmm. And then they had to speak on it. But you see, in AUP, an accepted user policy or use policy, uh, an AUP notice recently went out in error that included incorrect information. Pat, some <laughs> might call this misinformation. But PayPal Wait. is not fining people for misinformation, and this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. We're sorry for the confusion. I, I, Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How 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 do you how Me do you th- accidentally send that out? How is, it, how th- is it incorrect at that point? How? How is that you you're 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 bitching about misinformation, but now you're claiming that this whole thing that was put out was misinformation? <laughs> Are you smelling that, Pat? I, I'm smelling the 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 bullshit. Um piling pretty high here because okay, so if this was never intended to go out or being inserted into the policy, if they're not thinking of finding people for thought violations as a private company um what how look okay both of us have probably been in position to create policies and procedures right Mm -hmm. both of us have likely been in the discussions of user agreements and legal you know legalese right right you don't put this out if it wasn't there. This has to go through three, four, five levels of people, right? Like, if I, so when I created a policy, right? When I was leading our fraud prevention team, we had to update terms of service, right? We had to update right. all of these things. I had to go through my department head. Our CFO, our CEO, our legal team, and the board. That's five layers. Oh, six, including myself, right? That was to change the terms of service and add one sentence to it. Yeah. There ain't no way in hell this was not intentional. Okay, this was something that they intended to do. They got caught with their hand in the cookie jar because what were they going to do here, Pat? They were going to use this as a way to not kick somebody off the service like they have been, right? But to just take the money and quietly do it. They're going to take up to $2,500 of your money? A private company has that capability? Believe it or not, they do. This should highlight the need for our 
legislatures to close this loophole. This should never be a thing a private company is allowed to do. And why? Well, because legal fees. We, we, we could be subject to laws. No. No, you can't. Not for somebody else's speech. This is bullshit. This is their way to stifle your speech. This is a way for leftists at PayPal to attempt to become the arbiters of thought. Because let's be real here, Pat. If they can do this, and if they were to be able to get away with this, you damn well know companies like Stripe um, and other payment processing companies would follow suit. Because why? Well, I am now on the hook for this legal liability, right? Right. Well, this company is covering their own asses with the money of the people who had the issue. I have to do this too because this is a this is a loss, right? This is a liability for me as a business. And what what does the the company owe its shareholders? A fiduciary duty to not lose more money than they should. Right? I just so you, the slippery slope here, and, and we have talked about this, and this is why I say America is a fascist state today. Because this is a private business doing the bidding of leftist politicians. This is what leftist politicians want to do. They just can't do it because of the First Amendment. And and we've seen this in other aspects, right? The FBI, the CIA, NSA, what, are, what have they been doing? They know they can't collect specific data on specific Americans, right? They can't do it. It is against the Fourth and Fifth Amendment without warrants. How do they do it fast enough and efficient enough without a warrant? They go to a private company and pay the private company for the information they wanted all along. This is the marriage of private and public together. It is as simple as that. That is the classical definition of fascism. When we have the public and private sectors working in concert with each other. Sure, this is a private business, but wink, wink, we're going to do the bidding of one political side of the aisle over the other. We are now going to stifle your speech as leftists, but we're going to use the pulpit of money to do so. Not the changing of the First Amendment, not the, the mechanisms of politics and government, right? We're going to use business as the lever. Either bend the knee or suffer. Because what business can afford to just have $2,500 disappear from their account? And by the way, how many times can they do this? How many times, right? Right. So... When we talk about doing business with people who won't insult you, Stripe is a great example of this. Do they have policies that speak towards um, offensive speech? Kind of, sort of. They basically have a policy, if you violate the First Amendment, right, or if your speech violates other people's First Amendment rights, or more importantly, if your speech actually causes violence. Like, if you say, go out and murder this person, or, or that politician, or whatever, right? You're liable, and they can do something to you about it. They can end your ability to transact on their system. And I fully support that. Businesses should have the right to say no or yes. Based off of legal 
actual legal reasons. This has nothing to do with legal reasons. This has everything to do with a precept of legality to stifle your speech. So support a business like Stripe for now until they prove to go down this route. Um, support businesses that don't insult you or even better, create an absolutely neutral payment processing platform. Create it. Do something. Be inventive. I just don't have the time or money. I'm doing other things to be inventive in my own industry. It's just, we, we have to realize that playing in the sandbox of today doesn't work. We have to be alternative. We are the counterculture. We are different, and it's okay. We have to be okay with that. Get it through your head. Get used to different. You are different, and it's okay. And until you realize that, and until you get comfortable in being different, then today's acceptable society, as if there's ever that thing, until you realize that you are different than the fascist society we live in, and until you get so comfortable in that difference that you decide to take your talent and your um, thoughts and put them into action, whether that's business, whether that's personal, whether that's whatever, until that happens, we are not getting out of this. This is getting worse. It's only going to get worse. The only difference between Russian fascism and American fascism is that American fascism isn't about America. It's about international economic control. I'm not, I'm, I'm not down to clown with international economic control. We, we kind of fought a war about international economic control. It was called the American Revolution. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And a special shout out to my wife, Mrs. Pat, today on a happy seventh wedding anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary to Mrs. Pat. Not so much to you, but to Mrs. Pat. Yeah, she had we'll to put up it. with you for seven straight years of wedded bliss. Seven years of marriage, eight years together. So, and I'm still alive and I'm still alive. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Happy anniversary to the Oni household. And of course, as always, Matthew 547.